Welcome to the Vet Podcast by the Vet Gurus, Brendan and Mark. Get ready for the latest veterinary news, information and entertainment. Don't forget to visit us at the Vet Gurus website, vetgurus.com. Now, sit back, relax. It's over to the Vet Gurus, Brendan and Mark. Brendan, can you hear me? Brendan, can you hear me? Oh, I think you've dropped off again, Mark. Oh, no, I'm going to have to pause here. Ah, there you go, I can hear you now. That's better, so, yeah, try again. You can't hear me, obviously. Oh, it's just scary. I didn't realise how viral it had gone. I don't know what's... Yes, we are here. It is Brendan (laughs) and Mark and the Vet Gurus. This is episode 100 and... Expect the unexpected, Mark. Um, 100 episodes, I think. I'm going to give myself a, oh, I can't reach around. I'm a pat on the back. I think we've done fantastic to get here, Mark, and the fact that um, you stayed awake for this 100th episode, Mark, um, I thank you very much, hanging in there and sticking with me and um, coping with my puns, Mark. So what do you think about 100? I I have to say, Brendan, that um, when you first made the suggestion that we have this discussion, I thought, oh, the the first part was uh, there's no way in the world we'll ever make it happen. And the second part was that if we're going to do it, we've got to stick at it. But I really didn't think we'd get to 100 episodes. It's an outstanding achievement. And I'm so glad to be able to ride on your coattails to get here. I couldn't do it without without you, Mark, but also our listeners and our amazing listeners. And we did promise that we would had we would have a one hundredth episode competition, which we've been carrying on about. And the prize pack has increased increased, Mark. It's got bigger and better every every week. And we've decided by unanimous decision, both of us have decided that we'll actually have the draw next week in our 101st episode, um, being the dysfunctional podcast we are, Mark. So there is time for our listeners who have not sent us an email. That's how you enter. You just send an email to vetgurus at gmail.com. That's it. That's all you need to do. And you'll get an extra entry, a double entry, two entries, if you say something in the email. Hello. Maybe goodbye as well. Um, <laughs> um, talk about um, maybe mention where you are in the world and what you do for a living. If you're a vet tech or, or a veterinarian, and um, what you think of the podcast, um, and that's all you have to do to enter the competition. And, and the prize pack includes an amazing print by Mark of what I expect will be a bird. Um, have you selected a print yet, Mark? I have got a bit of an idea for a print, I've, yes. And I've Brendan, selected a print as well, so I'll, I'll send off a um, post out a, I think, one of the portraits um, that I took in India. Um, there were some amazing faces in India that I um, managed to take some um, pictures of and I was, and, and very colourful, you know. And I think anywhere you turn in India, you get a good photo, Mark. So um, I don't think it was my photo skills or it was more that there was so much to take photos of. So I'll have a print, a, a portrait um, print as well to go along with your bird portraiture. And we also have our um, sponsors' prizes as well. So we have those two two gifts from Doug at Microchips Australia, which is the Sentinel Tracker, the live trek, I think it's called, um, and uh, which, well, you can 
track just about anything with this little electronic device um and apparently your daughters and um it works quite well and it's fairly inobtrusive (laughs) um and it's amazing (laughs) what what places you can it has to be pretty you know unobtrusive to fit into those handbags the girls take to the nightclubs and, and when i say it's amazing where you can secrete it i'm not talking about um <laughs> ex- exited from from somewhere it shouldn't um secreting it into a into a bag and also Doug, with a little bit of arm twisting um thank you doug uh, is also going to throw in as we mentioned a couple of episodes ago, a Lone Star Surgical Retractor Aid, and that is fantastic, Mark. And I, I have to just sing out a big thank you to to Doug, um, who heads our extensive research team, um, and um, and th- and just point out that um, we've been using our every day this week. We've been using the Lone Star Retractor, so um, we are exceptionally pleased to be able to pass uh, an example of that wonderful surgical tool that helps us during our avian and exotic surgeries um, on to the winner. Um, so get those entries in is my tip. Excellent. Excellent. Vetgurus at gmail.com. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, Mark, and, and suggest that our other two um, commercial sponsors or our helpers or our, and, and our long-term supporters, um, Jen from Specialised Animal Nutrition and... Um, F10, Andrew Chalmers from F10 will also probably give us something to put into the prize packs, Mark. So I'm putting a bit of pressure on them um, live on air, um, well, live recorded on air, and um, we will. I will send them an email after we've recorded this back and we'll see what they can throw in the pack to as be, well. To so be, it's an to be honest, I feel a bit guilty because they are so generous that you hardly have to apply any pressure at all and they're they're, um you know so supportive of you and i and the podcast but just more generally um particularly here in australia the avian and exotic veterinary community benefit from their uh, first of all their business skills but they don't they go a little bit all three of them go beyond you know what is the the bare basics for a business to be positive in the community it serves and they like actively and proactively support uh, veterinarians working in this field. So I can't sing their praises nearly enough. And um, even though they're paying us, um, I would say all that stuff, even if there was no money coming, because they are great people with great products. Absolutely. Yes. So it is, I mean, it's perfect timing, isn't it, Mark? The 13th. Friday the 13th, this podcast is going out, Friday the 13th of September 2019 for our 100th. It's just... It's just made to be, made to happen, Mark. Um, and it's, it's just full of good luck. And as you can probably already hear um, for, from our listeners that are listening in their car or wherever, wherever they're listening, it's going to be a bit freeform, this one, Mark. We haven't got a particular <laughs> agenda for this. We do have two news stories, which we will jump into shortly. And then main topic, well, there's not really a main topic. We're going to reminisce a little bit over the 99 and this 100th episode that we're having today and have a little look back on some of the previous episodes and just have a bit of a chat and uh, it may end up being um, a very long podcast or it may end up being a pretty short one, but we don't care. 
we don't care. We're going to have fun anyway. Um, you've, so got to take, you've got to take liberties at the century. If, if you can't right. take liberties there, where can you, Brendan? Well, maybe episode 200. <laughs> and hello to our, our listeners in Kazakhstan. Um, we have our fifth most popular region um, where we have listeners, and I still do not quite understand why we have so many listeners in that particular region. Um, it's not a country I visited. And I want to now. Um, I've heard it's very beautiful out in that region. So we want an email from our listeners in Kazakhstan because um, there's a fair number of them, Mark. And I think they're they're fifth in the in the in the list of the regions where we have most of our listeners. And I think the the four in front are the obvious ones that you would think. It's Australia, it's the USA, it's um, the UK, and it's Canada. And then it's Kazakhstan, which is just pipping out New Zealand, Mark. Um, as, that's that's as, Kiwis better list their game. Yeah, that's right. We need a but few you know, more, I, few I've got a bit of a theory about this, and I mean no insult to our good listeners in Kazakhstan, but um, I think it's your fault, Brendan. I think um, I think there was a, a review in one of our podcasts that you talked about um, virtual private networks, and I think sufficient number of our listeners in other places are rerouting through Kazakhstan. Well, that's an interesting theory, Mark, and it could be perhaps it's perhaps it's correct there. Um, I don't know how many how many. Um, how many servers are in Kazakhstan that can bypass some of these um, some of these um, internet restrictions? And um, perhaps it's we have a really big following in some of the regions, like um, China, for instance, where where they do have some restrictions. We we need to hear from our Kazakhstani friends to confirm that they're they're real. We need some evidence, and they need to enter our competition. They do, and. We look forward to hearing from them. And if we hear from any Kazakhstan listeners, I reckon we'll throw an extra entry uh, for every person. They'll get a they'll get an extra entry for everyone who replies or sends us an email and says hello. Uh, so, as usual, I'm making up the rules as we go here, Mark. And um, the barrel or the hat with all the all the entries in um, will be increasing in weight mark it's going to be it's going to be a bit difficult trying to select this um this winner next week so what i'll probably do is i will physically write down the names or numbers i might do um of of all the entries and then i'll ask you to 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 call out a number or a letter i'll I'll do some sort of system (laughs) that randomizes it um uh and we'll see what happens and i and which reminds me i just had um sophie my youngest daughter said how do i enter the competition and i said i'll just send an email to vetgurus at gmail.com and and um say what you do and, and where you are um, and then I said to her, well, I'll, I'll, I won't enter in the competition, but you can send us the email. And she was a bit peeved off with me, Mark, when when I said that, When especially when I mentioned the prize pack that she could win or she won't be able to win because I am disqualifying <laughs> her because she is a member of the staff. Um, she sounds like she's almost doing a producer's so, role, remind, <laughs> reminding you of, uh, of, of of announcing the email address to which people have got to send. So, Brendan, how's your day been today? The, the 100th episode, what have you been doing? What has excited you approaching our podcast today? Well... It was a good one. It was a good one. It was one of those unusual days um, where most things go right and also it's the right level of busyness, Mark. And, and, you know, when you sort of hit that 
hit that sort of zen moment when, when the consults are just about the right amount and you get some nice people when the surgeries are, are interesting cases that aren't too baffling but but um, not too boring um, and then the evening consults are the same again so it was that sort of perfect storm today so it was fantastic in, and one of them in, in the goldilocks zone i was in the goldilocks zone i was um and one of them included a a and and i think i might have mentioned this this patient before an adult wombat that lives in a um, wildlife sort of park or a, or a, or a uh, it's sort of a wildlife park, but it's a it's a tourist centre um, on the way to a major tourist attraction here in in Melbourne, which international tourists who do day trips will go out with a bus and have the Australiana experience. Mark, um, so they go to this sort of pretend farm where they have they have um, sheepdog trials and they have kangaroos there and wombats and they have koalas there. Um, and I've been treating this wombat, this adult wombat that has um, pretty severe dental issues, and um, which is quite unusual. I think is the only one that I've seen that has dental issues, and I think it tracks back to inappropriate diet um, at some stage or, or for a prolonged period of time. Mark, so he comes in every they 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 bundle him into a little a, a, a big um, a big cat cage or, or a small dog box um and they bring him along to the clinic mark so i anesthetize him and we um have fun grinding down his teeth and, and getting rid of the spurs and uh he's a, last time i did him was about seven months ago so he's a bit overdue and um the spurs haven't come back as bad this time so i'm quite happy with how he's going stewie is his name um stewie the wombat and as you know mark wombat's one of my favorite favorite animals so that was really good fun. I really enjoyed that, and, and, and I find it quite relaxing um, doing a dental on wombats. <laughs> Not that I do many. He's the only one I do. But um, And we use Zolotil, Mark, um, just for interest. I use intramuscular Zolotil to, to heavily sedate him and then just put a mask on him um, to take him the rest of the way under surgical anaesthesia and then use a mouth gag um, and... Um, our IM3 dental unit with with a really massive burr and a really aggressive burr on it because they got huge teeth there um, to grind down and reshape his teeth. So the spurs are on uh, the um, cheek teeth. Yeah, so very you know very similar process you'd, you'd expect with these these an animal that has sort of those um, continuously growing teeth. So the spurs that we tend to get are on the medial aspect um, um, of of the tongue, um, on those lower lower teeth, and the the buccal aspect or the lateral aspect of the upper teeth um, with with him. Um, although he did have a little bit of. Um, spurs on both sides in a couple of the um, cheek teeth so which was quite interesting there yeah but when I did his first dental about probably about 18 months two years ago um, it was severe he almost had a spur impaling the the, the tongue um, it was that bad bad and he'd lost a heap of weight um, so they're pretty stoic animals the wombats and um, you know, a bit like some of our um, prey species like rabbits and guinea pigs that tend to put up with dental disease for a fair period of time. But, um, yeah, he's doing well and um, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a good, he's a good good old fella and um, I expect I'll see him back in another six months or so. So that was one of, the, one of the cases I saw today, Mark, and the other one, interestingly enough, was a 
was a guinea pig which I took an eye out. Um, so I ablated um, one of the eyes that had a had a swelling. It was a referral case of swelling under one eye that ended up. Uh, the eye became non-functional and, and ulcerated and, and very painful. And I think today I, I, I knocked it out to ablate that eye and I tracked down it do, does have dental disease as well, this one, and it had a big ulceration and an abscess at the back of the throat on the same side, just beneath that eye. So I'm although I couldn't find a track that would lead to the abscess underneath the um, lower eyelid that originally developed, I think it was related to the dental disease. So that guinea pig... Um, yeah, I discharged it was the last patient today and um it was it was gee, it was they bounce back pretty quickly, some of these animals after eye ablations, don't they, Mark? Um but my big worry with that one is dental disease. And as you know, dental disease in guinea pigs can be a an ongoing absolute nightmare. So I didn't paint a great picture for the client, even though we've we've provided an immediate relief from the pain from that really horrible, horrible, angry eye um that was going on so that were the two interesting surgery cases today what about yourself were you at work today or you're out um, driving <laughs> no, with today whales I, was, um, or something I was just like out that? Um, doing a bit of a circuit of the uh, local bird spots just trying to catch up while i have been away I, i've i've had some old friends that i've i've missed brendan and so um there's an osprey nest that i uh, check out around the lake and a couple of azure kingfishers who uh um, who very frequently come in pretty close to um, sit by the bank where I uh, where I park. So just yeah, touching base with a few um, a few old avian mates through today. Sounds <laughs> sounds perfect. Sounds very relaxed in there, Matt. Now you you are going to jump into the first news story, and it's about poo. It is about <laughs> poo, um, and um, and it's about. Um, well, I'm always interested in um, parasites. I must admit that when I first became a veterinary professional, um, uh, I probably, I don't know, infectious disease, um, uh, um, internal medicine, I was you know, going to cure every one of those complicated cases. But I actually find that I do an awful lot of looking down the microscope at the faecal samples, particularly of birds, but of many other species as well. And I get considerable pleasure out of identifying um, all sorts of things in those samples, but most especially I'm always keen to um, to come across, uh, you know, parasites, which, you know, help me solve the animal's problem on a sort of most obvious and easy level. Um, but this particular case is a... Uh, um, has been published in The Guardian. It's the oldest parasite DNA yet recorded, and it was found in some uh, prehistoric puma, puma stools. Um, so um, uh, uh, fossilised or near-fossilised uh, um, animal droppings are referred to as coprolites, and these coprolites found in the southern Andes um, which belong to pumas, were, day, were aged at 17,000 years ago um, that they were deposited in the uh, rocks of the southern Andes. Um, and that's long, long before humans uh, ever got to that part of the world, um, towards the end of the last ice age, I believe. And um, this compact, gnarled and knobbly specimen, which the authors likened 
in appearance to the root of to a piece of root of ginger um, is uh, a, a, a fossilized a semi fossilized piece of puma uh, droppings, and it contains the oldest. Uh, DNA, the oldest parasite DNA that's yet been discovered. Um, so uh, the, it's, um, it, I suppose it's hardly surprising um, as long as there's um, going to have been predators in history, I expect there'll have been um, parasites. Um, as long as there's been animals, I expect there'll have been parasites of one sort or another. Um, but the finding uh, not only confirms that uh, Humors, uh, family the, from the family of felines were prowling around the Andes um, at the end of the last ice age, but it confirms um, that they were infested with roundworms. Um, so that's a uh, um, you know I would I don't know whether they would have actually done a fecal float on this, Brendan. I think it's probably just been a tiny sample that's been stuck into um, one of those DNA you know um, the uh, the, the, the tests that um, Tim does all the time where they only need a tiny bit of stuff and they find the markers. That's the word I was looking for, the series of letters. Um, yeah, so, um, so yeah, that's <laughs> a, um, the oldest um, a, a, a piece of poo from 17,000 years ago and DNA from, uh, um, I think they even suggest, the team report that the size, oh, they found eggs. So that's... They've rehydrated and sieved the coprolite, completely destroying it. Yes. Uh, they've managed to pick out parasite eggs, um, which were of a size and shape that suggested they were from Toxascaris leonina, which still infests animals today. And the identification was backed up by DNA analysis. That's right. Yes. Amazing. Now, do you have a coprolite collection at home, Mark? I could imagine you <laughs> having one. Yes. I, I don't at the moment, but I can see that um, um, uh, as well as um, trying to find some of those, uh, what was the meteorites um, that we were talking about the other day? Um, um, you know, I do need to start to begin a collection of fossilised animal droppings. Yes, and it reminds me of one of our, our early episodes, which we will talk about shortly during our supposed main main topic discussion, Mark. Yes, and that, that um, I think this particular article was sent in by one of our entries for our competition, and I just, uh, I've just forgotten who that is, so thank you very much, whoever that was. Your name is in the hat for the, for the prize draw for next week. Um, so my story, Mark, it's, um, it's, well, as you can see from the, um, headline for this one, Mark, it was, uh, it was perfect for me. Utterly unreal cows to help train vet students. And, uh, the, I enjoyed this because of the, the silly puns in the article, but also because it is at the University of Queensland where our good friend Bob Donnelly is, Mark. So the University of Queensland School of Veterinary Science now has a life-sized simulated cow and a calf, Mark, that they're using for veterinary students' learning experience at the Gatton campus there. So the cow and the calf have a number of applications to help students gain essential practical skills there, Mark, skills, Mark. and they have a couple of pictures there, and it is indeed a life-size 
female bovine there, Mark, um, where the, I presume they can do everything from pretend or what it looks like one of the students is milking the cow um, and they're doing rectals on it and I presume that they can learn a bit of obstetrical manoeuvres there. Um, and they've called the cow. Did you did you know about this particular no, no, historical um, person, Mark? Um, they've called the cow Mrs O'Leary. And I presume because the cow came from the USA, um, I expect because um, where this this particular um, cow is in 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 Queensland here in Australia, um, but they've called the cow Mrs O'Leary and the calf Charlene Mookin or Moo for short, after two history-making cows from the USA. Mrs O'Leary, according to the article, is the famous cow of Catherine O'Leary, blamed for causing the Great Chicago Fire in 1871 after kicking over a lantern in her stable. And while the fire did start in the O'Leary's barn, investigators never determined the true cause of the fire. And it was later revealed that the cow story was fake <laughs> news, Mark, you'd love this, made up by a journalist. So the Dr John Wright, who was given the honour of na- naming the model cow, said, I'm hoping this Mrs O'Leary will be just as famous now but for the right reasons, helping our vet students thrive and learn critical new skills. And the calf, which they named Charlene Mookin, or Moo for short, has been named after a fugitive cow that gained fame in 2002 when she leapt over a fence at an abattoir in Cincinnati in the USA and spent 11 days on the run before she was rounded up and, and killed. No, she was rounded up and lived out the rest of her days on a farm. So there we go. So this is a Holstein cow and calf simulator model, Mark, and um, it doesn't mention how much it costs because unf- you know, it's just amazing. And I know your son is in, what, is it first year or second year medicine? Second year, yeah. um, Second year human med. Um, these... Um, these simulator models of, of various um, medical um, for use in medical procedures are incredibly expensive, usually, aren't they, Mark? It's amazing how much they I cost. Did, I, did, I mean, that's great. I thought they might have. Um, like I had in my mind when I first um, read this, the the simulation cow and calf. I had those visions of um, you know a, a hologram type arrangement with virtual reality glasses or something like that. This is a uh, well state of the art. Canadian Holstein breed model cow, um, but um, it's a very uh, well. It's much more physical and real than the uh, the virtual reality ones that, or holographic ones that I was imagining. Yes, it's um, impressive. <laughs> it is impressive. It's impressive. So. I want to. Oh, here we go. I'm just. I'm doing a bit of a search as you're chatting there to looking up um, calf um, dystochia models. Um, and um, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah um, I've got to be a bit careful here that it doesn't send send me to websites about um, pretend human models um, for use in various um, things. Oh, I've never seen something like that before. Okay. Right. So we might move on from that. Oh, here we go. Yes, I reckon they might have got it. Oh, there's some calf dystochia model from – there's a company called Veterinary Simulator Industries, Mark. Um, so no, they're, they're a complete surprise to me. That's, um, that, that's designed and manufactured in, in Canada, so maybe it is from here. That it definitely was. It the, and, the, in uh, the article it can, says VSI was the supplier. 
I think they got it from here. So it, um, I'm just looking at the dystochia calf model and it's fully articulated skeleton with vertebra, pelvis and spine, realistic movement. Um, and it's available in four breeds, Hereford, Holstein, Black and Red Angus and custom breeds, Mark, available at additional cost. So there you go. So I presume um, it's part of the wow. products that this company produce, produces. So there we go. Oh, and it's a, uh, one of the... Um, there we go, Hereford Dystochia Simulator. Um, and one of the other products doing this live as we record here is, which is a bit sad, the Captive <laughs> Bolt Gun Training Model. Um, so, um, oh, and they've got, oh, it's a bit disturbing this one, Mark. It has uh, realistic-looking models of the heads of particular animals with a big hole in the middle of their forehead, um, which is showing you where to put the um, captive bolt gun. Um, as much as it's unpleasant, so, yes, I, go. I, I, it's good um, that there's a system for doing it properly. And the good thing right. about these yeah. is that they, um, needs, right. you know, when, you know, in the dark ages, when you and I were at university, um, there was, unfortunately, um, the situation where, and it, you know, I look back on it now and wish I'd been more, more, um, uh, well, just um, it was what was done, and I didn't, didn't as as a young man, I didn't think about it nearly enough. But um, there were dogs that we would um, uh, do surgery on, and and uh, they were, um, you know, animals to be euthanized, so they would be euthanized at the end of the procedure. Um, but but I'm sort of glad that. There are these um, yes. uh, models that um, that um, mean that animals don't have to go through those things. And and the University of Queensland is to be commended because, as you said, I've got no doubt that a life-size cow that's fully articulated and uh, and uh, and gives a realistic um, impression of all the things that uh, uh, reproductively can go wrong in a cow, that's going to be not an inexpensive um, uh um, investment, and so I'm glad that the universities are doing that sort of thing and saving the animals. And I think it will only increase the use of those sort of um, model trainings, and and they look fairly realistic. Let's try and find um, a price. Good stuff. Good stuff. Page, yes, they don't have there. the prices for the full on. Um, yeah. They have, they have a price page for those captive bolt gun training models and, and yeah, um, for the penetrative models, which is basically a head with two reusable silicon canisters. Um, for a bovine one, it's 2000 Canadian dollars. So I expect for the full animal, for the dystochia model with the calf would be probably tens of thousands, I'd expect, or something like that, yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, so there we go. That was my one and only news story that sort of... Dragged on a little bit and ended up um, on a website. So I think we should jump into our main topic, which is we don't have one, but we were going to go through some of the previous podcasts and just chat a little bit about things. And gee, how things have changed, Mark. Um, some things change and some things stay the same. And I think looking back and listening occasionally <laughs> to some of those early episodes, um, I don't think we've improved very much. It's <laughs> probably my first comment. Um, our our studios have changed there, Mark. Um, I know here I am sitting in the in my 
recording studio with acoustic panels, which I didn't have previously. And as you know, Mark, my acoustic panels are basically um, cushions from the sofa couch behind me that I put behind the screen here, and they do work quite well as a bit of an acoustic panel. Um, so I've upgraded my my recording studio to to have the acoustic panels in. And I'm I still in the closet. You have right, moved right out now from I'm in your, the closet. Your recording studio was a closet. You're still in the closet. <laughs> or you're coming out. <laughs> You still haven't come out of the closet, Mark. Um, you, you, um, yes, and you did post a picture of you in the closet in your recording studio, and I think the one you sent or Kate, your lovely wife, sent had. Do you? It's is it an airing closet? Because I'm sure there was there was there was washing that was hanging up to dry all around you, or were you were you using the washing for acoustic? No, no, just using the hanging clothes as a uh, a diffuser for the, uh, the you know in an attempt. Panels, yes, and and you know I told you where I got that idea from. I was talking to. Um, uh, apparently it's all the go with young people when they, they play their computer games or do their their, their uh, various online community things that they do like to, to get excellent quality sound. And the hanging clothes apparently, you know, deadens the reverb. Um, so yes, it's an easy way of doing it. And there's I'm a, I'm one, one of my... Other interests, much is sort of home theatre, and um, yeah, those those you can make your own sort of acoustic panels to stop the stop the the waves um, reverberating around the room, or you can just have very long drapes and and um, curtains that can help with it. So yeah, it's it's um, the actual panels that you can put on the wall um, or stick on the wall that you can buy commercially. They aren't anything too fancy. They aren't a special material. They're just foam basically, um, but they might look like a piece of artwork. So it's a bit a little bit. A little bit visually um, more appealing than just having cushions um, sitting all around you like they are at the moment with me in my recording corner of the I aspire. One of the people that um, I listen to on YouTube is um, a YouTuber by the name of Ali Spagnoli from California, and she built a fur room in her lounge room in her unit to produce uh, wonderful sounds and music. So that's where I'm aiming. I'm going to have a fur room, Brendan. Fur room. Well, I'd like a fur room, but it would be the Vietnamese fur, which is the soup. I love fur. Um, it's a very beautiful um, dish, and it's one of my favourite favourite food um, food types. Is Vietnamese food, Mark? Um, yeah, but so surely it would be a non fur fur room um, that you would have. Oh, an artificial um, fur room. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. um, I was just scanning through this um, list, Brendan, and there was two important things that stood out straight away that I wanted to draw your attention to. Um, The first one is um, the great variety of topics we've covered. And, look, it's interesting, you know, as we approach, as we pass a century of podcasts, um, I think that um, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, we're we're, going to run out of topics to talk about. But as I look through this list and the great variety, I can see holes where we could follow through with things that we've started. So I do think um, our listeners are going to be unfortunately troubled by us for another 100 episodes or so. The second thing that really stood out when I looked at them was I have noticed a, a, uh, well, 
the titles of all of them are characterised by the worst dad jokes or puns that that I can. I didn't realise this until I've scanned through them, and consistently they're um they're they're really bad humour. They're consistently good, Mark, is what I would be saying. And as you know, I spend I spend many seconds trying to devise those puns. Um, at least some of them they've taken up for a couple of minutes to do it. But um, yes, and we have had a few listeners over the over the almost two years now that we've been podcasting comment about um, the quality of these um, titles, Mark. Um, some saying they're good, some saying they're not so good, but um, well, <laughs> bad luck. I like doing them. And, um, <laughs> we're gonna keep, I'm going to keep keep doing them, Mark, but you can certainly suggest um, um, some new titles. But, yeah, we have a good, good selection there and, and we are always after new topics and don't be shy of all our hundreds of listeners um we want people to send us an email and suggest a topic and even specific questions brendan uh, like we don't have to just um uh, individual questions about topics and maybe the way we handle things we don't always do things um exactly the same as each other so it's always good to just have a few questions we probably could do a whole you know like uh yeah yeah q a one soon yeah, yeah. Um, but it's amazing how I think people are a little bit shy of sending us an email. I don't know why. Um, we don't we don't bite, and we're, we're we're nice people, I think, Mark. And we always send a very pleasant reply to the people who have sent an email. To I us. think I wouldn't be surprised that um, it's my reputation, Brendan. It's my reputation, um, Doctor Bob. We were talking about earlier. Um, uh, pointed out to me that I just don't answer emails really um, quickly enough for him. And um, and so I think maybe that reputation has made people think that um, they, that it's not worth writing to us. But, um, but, but little do they know, it's not up to me. Like you respond promptly and, and articulately and eloquently and, um, and we need more people to ask us questions. Yes, so please send us an email, vetgurus at gmail.com. Yes, looking through that list, Mark, I mean, what stands out for me apart from the very good um, titles there, Mark, is several of the episodes were looking at our statistics and they, and I must admit, I rarely look at them these days. All I tend to look at them for is I've got the fascination <laughs> with the countries that that people listen from, um, whether it's a VPN and they're, they're routing their um, listening through it through a particular country, um, is some of these episodes have been extremely popular popular and, and, and a couple of them obviously it'd be ones that I'd I'd find fascinating and I would have thought they'd be popular because we hit on a, a topic of, of interest and the, and one of them for instance is that episode five one mark which is the do rabbits fart. Um, and for those listeners who have only started listening or subscribing to us recently we i highly recommend listen to episode five and we talk about all the different animals um and whether or not they fart or not and believe it or not there is a a book out there um that i ended up purchasing and i keep promising to give it to you mark and i've kept it is and it says to do um 
does it say do rabbits fart? I can't remember. Do do animals fart or something rather? And it has a chapter on each, on on, on a, probably twenty different species, and, and talks about whether they do fart or not. Um, so, but that was a very very popular one. That do rabbits fart? There, Mark. Um, and the hands on clinical surgical ones always seem to be very popular and get more downloads than some of the other ones, Mark. And I think that makes sense, especially when we have a large number of listeners who see the occasional unusual pet or wildlife and uh, they want a few tips on how to do, um, for instance, a desexing of, of a rabbit or um, how to approach anaesthesia practically for a reptile mark. So um, I'm not surprised that those ones are obvious as well. Um, it has been popular. How do you think that, what, what, what do the statistics, because we've done a few episodes where there's been like, um, you know, the top 10 tips or the, you know, those question ones. How do those ones go? Um, I, I, well, I haven't sort of drilled down on, on all of them. They didn't sort <laughs> then of... Then just make it up. Yeah, I, well, uh, why change now? Um, as far as I know, they were sort of middle of the road. Yeah, they certainly weren't um, low down with it. So um, they didn't stick out as being a super popular or, or, or not popular at all, Mark. Um, so, um, I mean... It's and and podcast length too. I mean, most podcasts. Are, again, I'd be interested in to to get some emails from from our listeners and feedback about it. Um, our podcast originally, I think, we went for about thirty to forty minutes or so, and routinely now we almost end up being spot on the, the one hour um, in in total length there. And, and that doesn't um, it, do, it really doesn't matter. Every time we start, you say, "Okay, this one's going to be punchy, and we're going to have it out in under forty minutes." And inevitably, I drag it out for an hour. Yes, you do. Um, you must have your eye on the clock there all the time, and and that is a almost double the average podcast length. And when you look at podcasts generally, um, they they most podcasts go for about twenty to thirty minutes or so. And it's thought that people enjoy that sort of bite sized twenty to thirty minutes because it's what they would listen to on the way to work or during a break or when they're going for a run or a, or or doing a bit of exercise at the gym or whatever and they're put in there or that go into sleep as a lot of people do with our <laughs> podcast. So maybe that's why the one hour works quite well because we have several people who have emailed us and said, gee, I love your podcast and it's very good at putting me to sleep. So, But, yes, yeah, so I'd, I'd be interested to get some feedback, Mark, um, to – to, to know whether or not the one hour sort of that we do is is way too long or it's just about right or and how many people sort of fast forward through things and I know we do get a few people to sort of skip our chit chat at the start and, and don't want to listen to that we have others who love the bit at the start where we just chat about what we've been up to and um, some people just want to get to the to the meat of the news stories, and others skip the news story and, and go on to um, the main story. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, that that sort of thing fascinates me about you know why do people listen to certain things, and whether people listen to us on fast forward or not. Um, that, that would be interesting because I know I have a couple of podcasts. Well, more than a couple that I listen to, Mark, and the podcast player app that I have on my iPhone. 
does eliminate dead spaces in them. So if there's a little gap, more than one second, it compresses that down. And it also speeds things up a little bit if the presenters are, are talking a little bit slow and it ends up speeding it up to about 1.1 to 1.3 times normal speed. So it still sounds relatively normal speed, but um, in the long run, um, well, it saves me a lot of time <laughs> because I'm getting through them a little bit quicker. But I know some people listen to regularly listen to all podcasts at, at twice the normal speed or, or more. So they're used to listening to chipmunks. So, um, so I am going to make them listen to me at normal speed. <laughs> yes. So. I think there's still lots of topics we can do, Mark. Um, the other the other topics that, well, I was talking about popular podcasts within our 99 that we've done and the other ones that really peak are the interview ones. And I know we've only done two or three of those and there's a couple of people, well, there's more than a couple that, we, that we've um, need to tee up um, for an interview. But, yeah, I found them very interesting as a, as as an interviewer, Mark, and I think you did as well with the ones that we interviewed people live um, in the same room together um, because it's fascinating and we and we just – it was just asking people about how they got to where they where they are as veterinarians. The wonderful and, thing um, about that process, Brendan, was that um, – we, lots of these people we've grown to know and we've learnt about their, um, you know, their philosophies and that's one of the things about, for me, the veterinary community, particularly those that deal with birds and, and unusual pets, seem to have a, a consistent view of the world and, and they feel like my tribe. But, but when we do the interviews, it does open up parts of their life that I'm not familiar with. And that background, I find, I'm, I'm, honestly, they were some of the most interesting uh, uh, podcasts to put together because we got to, I don't know, um, see it was a, 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 an avenue through which we would never have found out about that part of people's lives any other way. So, and they were all good storytellers. Yes. Um, that's the other good thing about um, getting those interviews that, you know, just as I ride on your coattails, um, we get a few interesting people on it and I can ride on their, co- their coattails as well. Yes. And, yeah, they've told some amazing stories and some very funny stories about their veterinary life. But, it, it, yeah, I agree. It's fascinating to listen to what else they do with their lives and, and how they've got where they are, just not veterinary and, and just a bit about the human condition, isn't it, Mark, I think? Um, and and as we get older and, and more cranky, we start thinking about, well, I do anyway, thinking about life and the universe and um, not just veterinary science, Mark, um, not just veterinary science. Um, so, yeah, and the other ones that were fairly popular were... Well, then there were the really, really specific ones. For instance, you, um, I interviewed you, I think, for one for the chlamydiosis in birds, um, and that one was was quite popular. Or the Q fever one. So, um, yeah. So, well, let's just say they're all popular, <laughs> but some are more popular than others. And um, um, yeah, um, I think we need to throw in a few more dog and cat ones as well, Mark, um, because. We still see a reasonable number of dog and cats um, as well. Yeah, actually, there was one other group I, I had written it down of, of of topics that people seem to enjoy, and that's the whole 
area of, of the practice management um, discussion. And I know we sometimes talk about that in our in our general talk before the main topics, but we have a, had a couple of practice management episodes and also um, related to the practice management, um, the the um, mental health and, and, and making sure that everybody's um, coping with things and, and methods and, 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 and ways to do and, and I really yes. wanted to, that was one of the things um, to, you know, strike a more serious note. Um, it is um, all of us in veterinary science will have been touched at some point by someone who has, um, who has uh, suffered with mental health issues, with depression or whatever. And, um, and I do... Uh, one of the things I feel really good about um, through this podcast is that we can um, reach out to people and let them know that, um, that you know, the things that they're thinking, the things, the problems that they face, um, they're not isolated, they're not alone, that um, that we all uh, have to work our way through those. And, um, and yeah, if there's one... One thing I really enjoy about our podcast it's the fact that um, that hopefully people can hear in your and my experience um, some of the, the things that might be worrying them and um, to know that we still um, we have some um, uh, methods of dealing with it not that we've solved anything um, but to know that you can deal with it uh, hopefully that's um, something that people can take out of listening to us besides falling asleep at um, at the middle point. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's right, and I and um, I certainly enjoy vicariously your episodes of wandering off into the bush and taking photos and wandering off <laughs> on holidays and taking photos um, and relaxing, Mark. So, yes, it makes me feel not only jealous but but um, vicariously relaxed um, as you're doing those things. So, yeah, mental health is so important and. Um, yeah, we've both sort of been touched by people with 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 issues with mental health, and it's um it's an ongoing problem, um, and we need to try and manage it, and it needs to be, we need to try and get things a bit more out in the open as far as um you know the what do what do, do is it just in Australia we have where we have the are you okay day mark or is it I think what? it is just uh, that was what I thought um, and it was that's just been a recent thing so um, uh, and, and I have made a few phone calls to colleagues lately um, so uh, I think it is a good thing just to all, for all of us just to reach out and um, and make sure that uh, that all the people that we know and care for are um, uh, well that, you, that um, there's someone reaching out to them. Yes. Well, we might end up finishing a little bit early, Mark, for this 100th episode. And I know there, there was there were going to be a few extra people listening in, not just because it's our 100th, but because they wanted to win the competition. And um, now they realised, well, they realised very early on in this episode <laughs> that we will be doing it next week. And... The other thing I'd encourage all our listeners to do, if they have not already, please go to our website, vetgurus at gmail.com, because we'd like you to have a bit of a poke around there and do a search for the previous episodes and download and, and subscribe there. And it does have a link to our Patreon dot site where you can give us a couple of dollars. Um, we, we, we'd like something like, you know, spend a Give us a cup of coffee equivalent, which would be four or five dollars Australian worth, um, to help support the podcast. And and we do have our three 
sponsors commercial sponsors but um you know they're they're very general generous with their funds but it certainly doesn't go all the way to to paying for our our hosting costs both our at the program we use to record and and our website hosting um so it would be good if you could help support us because we don't certainly don't get paid for it it just goes in gets plowed back into the podcast and Gee, you're getting free continuing education, aren't you? Um, and if you're not putting this down as one hour of continuing education, you should be, because I think it, um, I think it qualifies, Mark, um, and it should qualify um, with most places in the world um, for veterinarians and veterinary technicians or nurses. And if it doesn't, um, complain to um, your local <laughs> veterinary board, um, Mark. About about the situation. So, yeah. Um, do you want to have any sort of final thoughts, Mark, before we sort of um, finish off a little bit early? All I was going to say was thank you, Brendan. Thank you to all our listeners for all their contribution and and you know for for putting up with our entirely unprofessional um, and uh, and ad hoc approach. And um, and please stick with us. We'll uh, we don't promise to get any better, but we promise to cover a whole bunch of new topics um, and work our way towards the big two zero zero. We will, and we. Will do, Mark. And also thank you to our intro and outro man. He's done a lot of work over the over the last couple of years um, for for very little money and um, just quietly. I think it cost. It was a very very good um, fee, Mark. What did it end up costing costing me when I paid for this? I think it was about thirty dollars Australian to get um, this professional recording artist to record the script that we wrote. So. That was that was good value. So perhaps we have a listener who want to help pay for the intro and outro, and if they do, we can make a new intro or outro, and um, and they can be um, part of it. Um, which reminds me of our Patreon. We were talking about those Patreon um, supporters, Mark. There's different levels of Patreon support. And if you end up donating a bigger amount, up to 20 or 30 or 40 or even $50 Australian, um, we will phone you up and we will interview you um, and you will be the subject of our podcast. Or if you like, we will phone up and interview your enemy <laughs> and they will be the... Uh, be the podcast um, main topic for the for the um, for the week. So yeah, so I think with that, Mark, we um, we will sign off and thank you all for listening for this one hundredth episode, and and even more thanks to those of you who have st- stuck with us from episode one, and uh, and you have managed to stay awake for one hundred episodes. We we really appreciate it, and we we we. Every well, all our listeners who have contacted us, we've we um, we love you all, and we've we've really enjoyed all our interactions and all the questions we've had, and um, we think we've got a really good group of people listening to us, and um, we just hope we've provided a little bit of fun and humour, maybe into um, your weekly life as as a vet, vet veterinarian or or a person in the veterinary industry, and perhaps we've even given you a little bit of information that you can use that will help you with your day-to-day vet work so i hope we will hear from you next week until then have a great week everybody
Thanks for listening to the Vet Podcast by the Vet Gurus. Don't forget to visit us at the website, vetgurus.com, where you can subscribe, view show notes, listen to previous episodes and more. You can contact us via email at vetgurus at gmail.com to ask a question or just say hi. Thanks again and see you next time. Thank you.